Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks, everybody, for joining me today. It is a Wednesday, so you guys know exactly what that means. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Yeah, what's happening, man? Hey, buddy, just so you know, another week, same story. Too many penalties, dumb mistakes, young team, close loss. Hey, that's the 49ers this season. It's very much Groundhog's Day sort of a feeling here. Yeah, every week it's like as soon as they it got close and they scored that touchdown, I'm like, oh, they're going to lose in overtime, aren't they? Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah, all field goals in the first half. It was uh, almost a replay. Yeah. It, it was it was frightening. Yeah, I mean, that Ray Ray Armstrong interception, though, was like, wow, somebody made a play. Oh, that's amazing. And then the offense was like, nah. <laughs> no, we got we got it. we're just gonna have some penalties and push it back into you know unmanageable downs and yeah just again story of the season yeah such an amazing play to happen for them to be driving down the field and you're like oh this game's over yeah and that interception at the goal line and from that and all that momentum's like oh no way you lose this game and they three and out that's it let's give them yep. back the ball <laughs> just like that yeah it's 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 rough to watch man but again it's just head and shoulders above where we were last season at this time. Yeah. Well, aside from that first week, but still after five weeks, it was still better now than it was even after week one, it was better last year. Sure. Every other week. That was it. It's still like they fell off the cliff at that point. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And this season it's like they're, they're in it, you know, other than week one, it's just been, you know, close game, close game. What is it? Four straight games with the losses of three or less points. I mean, as a 49er fan, you got to be into that. The fact that your team is competing, you know, after how really, really crappy they were last season to, to come back and, you know, be in games. And yeah, they're not winning. And, you know, I, what was what you called it? Is it like undercover tanking or what? what, what how do you uh, refer to it? Uh, yeah, low key tanking. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Some super low key tanking by the whole team. I think <laughs> that's that that could possibly be on our uh, power rankings for the 49ers 2017 yearbook title. Yeah, Off the fingertips, low-key low tanking. Yeah, I got to write these down. I haven't been keeping track. What do we got? Low-key tanking what was the other one. The... Uh, off the fingertips. That's it. I don't know where All to right. put this. Oh, here we go. I'll put it right here. I, I, got, I got it right here. You man. got it? Okay, good. If we can think of some other ones, I'll start adding to the list. <laughs> yeah, that, we're going to need some help with that on, on Twitter and via email and Facebook. So, you guys, if you have any good uh, names for the 49ers yearbook for 2017. It might be. Oh, there's a flag. <laughs> yeah, it's another flag. Yeah. Oh, oh geez, so many times I'm like, oh, yeah, first. Yeah. Oh, no, there's a flag. The officiating is just god awful for the 49ers, yeah. especially. I mean, around the league, it's not great, but how many like blatant missed calls in, in both directions, but a lot of them against the 49ers, too. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot last week. You know, like you said, it's not just the 49ers, it's around the NFL. It's just, I don't know, man. It's, it just seems like. You know, the, what game are they watching? You know, are, are they d- daydreaming at times? They're like, oh, no, that wasn't a penalty. He was hanging all over him. It's fine. That's fine. They were both hanging on each other. It was mutual hanging. 
not good. Not I mean, zero and five. It's uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to because I think of all people who follow the 49ers, I'm probably the one that is least bummed out by the record. By the 0 uh, 5 record, you know, it's like I, you're I a draft I, guy, so yeah. yeah, I'm a draft guy. I see the long term picture, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you got to pull off one of these wins, you got to throw a bone to your fan base and win a game in overtime. Win a game when you have four games straight. I mean, they're epically, I mean, this was the second time ever that there's been four games that are uh, been combined 11 points and you've lost all four. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's that one of those things, though, where they're, they're going to win this week, you know, where no one's going to give them a shot traveling across country, you know, after back-to-back overtime games, and they're going into Washington, they're coming off of a bye, and everyone's like, oh, no, the Redskins are going to take this one. And, and then this is going to be the game that the 49ers win, or they're going to win, you know, against Dallas, or again, you know, they play New England later in the season, right? I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> that's going to be one of the games where they win, and it's just like, okay, Some there you it. go. Well, that's the other thing is with that just with these close games, just not even having the accident. Like the, the interception was kind of the thing. If mm-hmm. maybe if maybe Ray Ray would have been able to take it all the way back for six, right, a pick six right. or something on that play. But like just in overtime, someone just fumbling the ball and the Forty ers accidentally pick it up and score a touchdown. You know, like just some accidental way to win a game with right. all these close games. At some point, it's an oblong ball. It's going to bounce the other way, and it just hasn't for the Forty ers and it's early in the season, you know, still a lot of games left to go here. Uh, and yeah, the, the ball will bounce their way at least one or two times. That's why you've only seen, what, two winless teams in the history of the NFL. Yep. It's not going to happen this year. Every team's going to win a game, at least one. It's, you know, it's probably going to be two or three. And, and you know, the, it'll, it'll go well for the 49ers at some point. And I don't think it's time to go to C.J. Beathard. I mean, you know, I hear you talk about it a lot. I hear a lot of people talk about it. You know, it's... There's nowhere else to go after you go to C.J. Beathard. And if he was ready, you got to believe Shanahan would have him under center. It's hard because it's the only thing you can change Yeah. at this point. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to put another wide receiver in or are you going to put another lineman in? That's not going to make a huge difference. Uh, Ruben yeah. Foster might make a pretty big difference when he comes back. But that's about the it, only other thing, aside from a quarterback change, that could make a difference. So I totally get why the fan base would be calling for C.J. And the the even if he plays bad... It's, it's still not worse than what's the bad quarterback already in there. So at, at, at a certain point, it's like, well, who cares if he's bad because we're already still bad. Yeah, but, you're, you're totally right. I mean, did, did Foster practice today? Do you know? Uh, he's supposed to practice tomorrow, today, Wednesday. Wednesday, yes. He's, we're, t- we're doing this Tuesday night. So supposed to practice tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, on a true winky Wednesday, he's supposed to be practicing. So we'll see I mean, if he if does you get Foster back and then Reed coming back too. I mean, that, that would be very big boost for that defense. Yes, uh, absolutely. And um, the thing with Beathard is just development. So at this yeah. point, and I think that's what Kyle Shanahan kind of talked about after that Colts game is that it's more about CJ's development than it is about the team right now. And that's where the low key tanking comes in. Cause we've talked about, it, it's like <laughs> he could have run the ball a lot more, but he's just calling the plays that he wants the team to be able to run eventually. Right. So it's almost like practice games. It's almost like an extended preseason. He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to run the stuff that you guys are eventually going to get down and because <laughs> they're good plays. So you guys got to figure it out. I think that's the way he's coaching it. And he's not coaching necessarily to win games. That's the vibe I get, which is where the low key tanking comes from. You know, something that was really bothering me watching that game is, you know, they the 49ers just don't run the ball very much. And they didn't run the ball very much in the first half. You've been calling for it all season. You know, give Hyde the rock. How many times did they run play action? You know, and, and does play action really work if you're not going to run the ball? I think they do a pretty good job of selling it. And the, the the funny thing is, and I don't know what the numbers are now, but earlier in the season, the numbers were just night and day 
for Brian Hoyer passing with play action and with not play action. Really? So, yeah, and it's one of the biggest – I mean, that's one of the big things. Kyle Shanahan's offenses traditionally run more play action than any teams in the league. So uh, very play action heavy, and I think part of it is – I mean, running the ball obviously helps, but I think the way they sell it is another thing that helps. And sometimes you only need a step. You know, you only need that that linebacker to take one step to get what you need. uh, Well, you need that step. You need a good pass from a good quarterback, and you need good catch from good wide receivers. Yes, yes, yes. Those things all help. <laughs> it all works together. It's a symbiotic football relationship, which is why right. I love I love football. I mean, baseball was my first love, but football has really taken over just because of that. How it takes eleven guys to do something, and there's so many X's and O's, and so many variables, and so many different players on the field. Where baseball is largely a, a bunch of one on one matchups in a row. Well, in baseball, yeah, a pitcher can can win a game right by himself, pretty much. And a quarterback has a huge uh, impact on the outcome of a football game. But he's only out there half the time. Yeah. And so and he still it, it takes some other parts and there's so many things going on and a play caller and uh, they're all this Y.A. Tittle stuff. By by the way, rest in peace, Y.A. Tittle, who was yeah. sort of a snub in our all time 49ers draft, by the way. Yeah, throw but that in my face. He was. <laughs> uh, now you really feel bad, don't you? Yeah. Thanks a lot. Um, But I mean, I would have drafted him. I already had two quarterbacks. What am I going to do? Garcia. <laughs> But uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, why, why he tittle? There, I was reading the thing about him, and he was talking about how he fought even to the end of his career to call plays. I mean, the guys, quarterbacks were just calling the plays the whole time right. back in the day. You know, now it's like unthinkable. I mean, they have well, a, they have an opportunity to, to to make I an audible or. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, they yeah, when it comes just, to audibles, I think, yeah, quarterbacks are out there a lot of times making their own plays. Yeah, I mean, it's already predetermined, though, in that case. You know, it's not just them going, hey, we're going to run this play. I don't care what he's talking I think with most quarterbacks, probably. But I think that people like Brady, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, like these guys can change the play if they want. Change to whatever, yeah. And it it has to be something available. I mean, you can't, it's hard if there's, you know, your receivers are already split out wide and you're at the line of scrimmage. You have to be able to change it with a word or a hand gesture. So you don't really probably have the whole playbook at your fingertips there. But, um but yeah, it's just the intricacies of the game. It takes so many people from the front office on down to the guys on special teams that are gunners to win a football game. And so that's what's kind of cool about it. And when uh, those things aren't working together, your team is not winning. And I think that's what we're seeing right now with the 49ers. Just a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts on a football team. And so it's going to take some time to get all of these things working together, one cohesive unit. And then that's when the 49ers are going to start playing well. But they're like we've said the whole season, and it's hard to say it every week. But the yeah, the ship's headed in the right direction. Got to have a little bit of patience and trust that it's going to be there, and I think it will eventually get there. But quarterback is a huge piece of it, and we'll see C.J. Beathard at some point this season, and maybe after a blowout. I think this is this is one of those. I think the 49ers are set for like this crazy upset or a huge, huge blowout at the hands of Kirk Cousins, and that'll just. I mean, next week at this time when we're talking on the show. It's going to be all about Kirk Cousins. So is it going to be, oh, man, he's not that good. The 49ers win to upset the Redskins. Or it's be like, oh, he just torched the 49ers for five touchdowns. This is the guy. Let's trade for him yeah. now. Let's not even wait. You know, there's going to be it's going to be a fervor around Kirk Cousins. So it's, it's going to be fun to see how that turns out after next week's game. Give this man his money. <laughs> uh, yes, very good. That was not a bad um, the rounders, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Yeah, pretty good John Malkovich. Thank you. Thank you. I've seen that movie quite a few times. Oh, have you? <laughs> it was a goodie. Are you a poker guy? I've never played poker with you. Yeah, man. Let's let's do it. Oh, man. We got to have a poker night. Yeah, most of them will get Kove involved. I know that guy's a 
He is legit. Oh, yeah. He's the degenerate. I can tell he's a degenerate <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah, I played golf with him the other day, and he's like, oh, yeah, I had to go meet somebody, blah, blah, blah. I took an hour break and went and played some poker. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> hour break in the middle of the day to play poker. I like it. It, it went to the Indian casino, or does he just have a place where he no, knows he there's a game on San Jose. I think he went to that Bay 101. Or... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him, man. I wish I had that kind of time and yeah. you know, disposable income. Yeah, exactly. Uh, take all that away. Money to lose. Uh, so let's see. A quick little bit of news here before we get to the cover three, which we should probably get to here before we uh, waste the whole show. Just BSing. Um, what was it? So Leon Hall, 49ers signed for the second day in a row, signed another defensive back, this time veteran corner Leon Hall. And to make room for him, Asa Jackson goes to injured reserve, I think, with just a hamstring injury. So uh, that's the big uh, move for the 49ers today. But a bigger move in the NFL was Adrian Peterson traded to the Arizona Cardinals for a conditional draft pick from the Saints. And uh, subsequently, Chris Johnson was cut. So uh, that was it for It's funny. It's like, is this 2008? It's like a 2008 fantasy football trade. Adrian Peterson for Chris Johnson. So. Yeah, the uh, Cardinals still trying to hold on. They think they're still in it to win it this year. I, and I, I'm not sure if the Cardinals think I mean, uh, you, you can see why they're down. doing it, though, right? I mean, Seattle's obviously fallen off their perch, and they probably feel like, okay, we, we can take the Rams. You know, yeah. are the Rams for real? Probably not. So that division is still pretty much up for grabs. Yeah, there's a lot up in the air at the top of the division, that's for sure. Plus, you know, they... Why not? You know, Carson Palmer, this is probably his last season, If you know, unless there's one more that he tries to squeak out there. And, yeah, maybe they are just that running back away. They've got a, a, you know four or five wide receivers that I would take right now on the 49ers. And, you know, and the defense is, is pretty legit, too. you got to shut down corner. You know, it's it's hard to, to get beat, really, in the NFL. So I, I like it. I think it's a good move. I mean, if Peterson's got anything left in the tank there, I think Arians is the guy that can get it out of him. I don't know. I just didn't like what I saw from that team. I thought I saw a pretty bad team. I mean, the Colts were were one and four coming in, or one and three coming in against the Niners, mm-hmm. and the Colts didn't look any worse than than Arizona to me. Maybe they're thinking that you know it is. It's a pretty bad offensive line. Maybe they're thinking you know Peterson didn't have a great offensive line for a number of years in Minnesota. Maybe he can you know regain a little something from his past there. I mean, you're asking a lot though from a for a pretty old. Running back, yeah, and I, but I do think it's an upgrade. I think Adrian Peterson oh, no still doubt. has much more left than than Chris Johnson. But it's just funny that they just cut Chris Johnson too. They're like, ah, we got too many old running backs, man. So I can't believe they even brought him back this season. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously they didn't think much of him if they cut him after camp, That's anyways. True. <laughs> They're like, oh, we'll bring you back. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> All right, let's hit this cover three. You ready? Yeah, sounds good. All right, first we go to Andy. He said the announcer said we need to play more zone with Ward at cornerback. To keep him from playing man, can Ward not play man? Thank you for the question, Andy. Uh, I think no, Ward's Ward's probably the 49ers' best cornerback right now. Yeah. Um, the the hard I thing is through. he just hasn't played corner since last season. All of a sudden, just thrown into action. So props to him for being able to even do that at all. Uh, it didn't turn out all that well for the 49ers, which is I think why you see all these these moves now with the 49ers bringing in Leon Hall, the veteran corner. But um, I mean, and it's tough for Jimmy Ward because he's bounced around. And if I'm Jimmy Ward, I go into the coach's office. I'm like, dude, will you pick a position for me, please? Because he's been nicked up a lot in his career. He's bounced around, had a new position to learn every season as an NFL player. And that can't be good for him, but he's been a really good team guy. And he's just been yeah. done whatever the team asks of him, which is which is a good thing. And But uh, 
Last year, he was full-time at corner, and he, he graded out pretty well. In 2015, he was playing nickel corner, and that, that, that was his best-graded year in 2015 for the 49ers. So he can play. He can cover. He can play man. Um, and there's a lot of zone in this cover three anyway. So I think Jimmy Ward would be a fine fit at corner in this scheme. I think I like him better still at free safety, and I think he probably wants to play free safety. I think that's his natural position, but he can absolutely do it. Yeah, I totally disagree with you on the ward thing, though, about going into the coach's office and being like, pick a position because this is an 0-5 football team, and they're like, <laughs> they're getting rid of everybody. So if I'm Jimmy Ward, I'm just oh. like, yeah, wherever you guys want me. Yeah, no, hey, you guys want me to kick? I, I can kick too, Wh- whatever you want. That's why I'm not in the league, and Jimmy Ward is. <laughs> it's yeah, not Jimmy the Ward's a- playing it smart. <laughs> it's not the athleticism, okay? I no. can ball. That's uh, true. I w- am just uh, too big for my britches. I would go demand. <laughs> I would demand everything every day. Listen, guys, I am no longer a safety. I am now a cornerback. I will only play cornerback. I just keep bugging him to let me play offense. Come on, let me, let me, throw me a pass. Let me <laughs> play some more offense. <laughs> I get open, I swear. Exactly. Um, all right, let's move on here. Let's go to Kruger. Is Hoyer playing too cautiously until the Niners are down two scores, i.e. versus the LA Rams and Indy? And why is the 49ers D so movable on opening possessions? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it does seem like, and maybe it's not Hoyer so much as it is Shanahan with his play calling. And he's just kind of, I really loved that first drive, you know, and it was just like, let's get the ball to our best player, Pierre Garcon. Let's give it to him. Okay, now let's run with Carlos Hyde, our other best player. Like, let's keep doing that over and over and over again. And they move the ball down the field with ease. And then, you know, I, I do like to see the occasional shot down the field. And, you know, we didn't really see that until late in the game when the 49ers we're trailing. So it does seem to me that, yeah, there, there probably is a little bit of, you know, just a, a little bit of like, okay, let's just drive in second gear for a little bit here to start the game and not, you know, show too much and this and that. And, and then, you know, once they're behind us, like, all right, go, gotta shift down into overdrive. Let's go. Yeah. I think a lot of it is those opening possessions too. There's all the scripted plays. So teams are ready. They're prepared. And so they have everything laid out. They know what they want to attack. They know what they want to do. They've watched film of the other team. They have all these scripted plays ready to go. And then after that, it becomes the Wild West because then you're not scripted. You got to play. There's a whole game script happening and, you know, the flow of the game and what you're, you know, what you're trying to attack then and what you've seen. And then both teams are adjusting against each other at halftime. So a lot of stuff just changes and goes out the window from there. But I think a lot of that we're seeing is from those scripted plays. Like you said, it's like, well, let's get the ball to Pierre Garcon and let's give it to him five times on this drive. And uh, let's, for some reason, only throw it to him two more times the rest of the game. Yeah, but, that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Right, so it just changes so much after those first those scripted plays are done. Um, but I think part of it, too, yeah, is Hoyer, earlier in the season, they were throwing it more early, and he wasn't hitting on them. So maybe they're just right. like, well, let's just scratch Build that. Build this confidence, yeah, right? Let's scrap that until we have to. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing. And then maybe once you're in the flow of the game and Hoyer's getting a little bit better, getting hotter, and, and everyone's ready to go and warmed up, and then maybe you hit some of those plays when, when it comes down to it. But um, And that's the other thing is we saw in the Rams game, the, Ram, the 49ers very nearly got blown out against the Rams. They talked about it on the show after that week with you know all the the, the muffed punt and the, the fumbled kickoff return from right. the Rams really helped the 49ers get back into it. That's why I think the 49ers might be set up for a blowout loss at Washington, a team that's playing really good right now, especially on defense. So it might make things very difficult on the offense. And um, But yeah, as far as the D being so movable on opening possessions, the second half of that question, I think it's kind of the same thing. I mean, it's they're, they're, they're very simple defense. So I think teams come in knowing how they want to attack 
this scheme. And if they've ever played, they already played the Seahawks, so they already saw this scheme one time. And so they come in playing the 49ers. They're like, well, we know how to attack the scheme. We know what we want to do. So let's let's run our script and let's practice it all week and then let's do it. And so they march down the field. 49ers bend, don't break defense. And they did that. They bent and then held them to a field goal. And then you saw it get a little bit more difficult from there for the Colts. Yeah, you know, you keep talking about scripted plays, man. I mean, I'll be honest with you. My mind just starts drifting back to those like early 90s teams when it was just Steve Young and, you know, Ricky Waters and Jerry Rice. And it's just like they'd script 25 plays. It didn't matter what down it was. They're just going to go by the script. And it just didn't it didn't matter who they were up against either. They're just slicing through defenses, man. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. You talk about calling a play at the line, too. If I'm quarterback and I see Jerry Rice out there, I'm just going to say, hey, uh, Jerry, will you go ahead and run a slant for me? Yeah. Because I know I can throw a five-yard slant, and I know you, you cannot get covered on that route. You're undefeated right, you're on that route. you're going to turn that into 15 minimum. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, let's uh, move on here to Eli. He says, hey, guys, I was curious to get your thoughts on which players have improved the most from game one to game five, hashtag cover three. Thank you for the question, Eli. Ooh, that's a good one. I haven't really thought about that. I think right that. off the gate, I, I right out of the gate, I think the first – Thing, name that comes to mind for me is Ray Ray Armstrong. I feel like oh, right away yeah. it was just like, oh, this is going to be a long season again. He looked really bad when Foster went down, and I think he's really played well the last couple games. That's a good one. That's a very good one, actually. Um, I think I don't know if he's really improved, but Jaquaski Tart is the one that comes to mind who's just been really good and changing I think he's positions. Just most improved player. Yeah, from from last season to this season, maybe yeah. is, is where he would. Um, but man. Um, Let's see. I think we're seeing a little bit more from well, well, Trent Brown also might be in that you know most improved, most improved player too or yeah. team MVP. No, that's true. That that could definitely be it. I mean, DeForest Buckner, he's just been dominating all season. Though. Maybe uh, the rookie George Kittle. He kind of had his breaking yeah. a mini breaking out party in this last game, at least for a quarter. In the fourth quarter, he looked like uh, the guy that you hoped he would be. He looked uh, he looked awesome actually on that drive. Oh, how about, you know, we were pumping up Bradley pinioned inside the 20 last week, and you see one of those punts that went like 24 yards. <laughs> it's like, oh, of course, as soon as we start talking yeah, we, we, about you. Yeah, we're jinxing the hell out of Bradley Pinion. <laughs> Sorry, Bradley Pinion. That's that's definitely Nick's fault. Yeah, as soon as I start hyping you up, man. <laughs> All right, I helped the team out. You're garbage. You know who's looked a little bit better, I think, in recent games is Earl Mitchell. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, just, you're seeing him a lot more. Yeah, and he is. he, he kind of got – beat a few times early in the season. I think he's stouted up a little bit and his backup DJ Jones making some plays too. I think he's going to be a pretty good nose tackle as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, you look around the team and like Hoyer's not getting better. Hyde's no. not getting better. No. Brita maybe. Yeah, Brita. I Brita. mean, he's getting a chance. Yeah, he got a chance and he's, uh, I love his ability to catch the ball, which I was surprised about. I think he only had 20 career catches in college. And uh, he's a very good receiver and a pretty good pass blocker, which is surprising for a rookie running back. Yeah, so, I'm picking um, third in uh, waiver wire claims this week. He's my third guy. Is he? Oh, I'm going to have yeah, to move him up to my a, second guy. Yeah, I have better waiver priority than you. <laughs> Unless you get one. Yeah, that's true. I only want one. I only need one. So. Yeah, I only need one, too. I have a couple guys before that. Me, too. Uh, I, don't, you know, I don't really need much, though, in that league. I can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> You want Tom Brady? Make me an offer. No, I'm good. I got Aaron Rodgers, yeah. don't I? Oh, yeah, you're fine. I'm solid. Kareem Hunt. No, you got a good team. I'm feeling good about Kareem Hunt. 
You know because... what I'm not feeling good about, man, this week against Washington? Like, I love the fact that Rob Kelly's in a walking boot, you know, and they say he's probably going to play, but, you know, he's a slow plotter. And, you know, Samaj P. Ryan hasn't shown anything either, man. Chris Thompson terrifies me just with the way Ellington looked against mm, the 49ers and, like, yeah. receiving backs in general. I feel like that guy's going to, you know, maybe rush for 25 yards, but he might catch, you know, 12 balls for 160 and a couple touchdowns. That's where Reuben Foster comes in handy, the range. Yeah. And being able to just sniff yeah. those plays out and, and shut that down because yeah, I could see that's a great call actually. Chris Thompson could be sort of the sleeper, the player. Yeah, I'm not worried about Pryor, Doxson, any of these guys, man. He's the guy I'm worried about. I'm worried about those guys too. What? Well, I'm I definitely <laughs> not me about at those all. Guys too. <laughs> at all. I have Terrell Pryor. I'm not worried about him. Oh, okay. So you're uh, so oh so it's fantasy over reality for you, huh? You're you're gonna sell out the 49ers for your fantasy team. No, I, I know he's not going to do well because I have him on oh, my okay. fantasy team. <laughs> but he's going he's against garbage. But he's going against the 49ers. One of uh, Oh, I'm going to start him. Dante Johnson and Rashard Robinson are just trading off bad games now. Yeah, that's a good point. One of you, whoever's having the bad game, get on prior this week. I wonder how much Leon Hall is going to get involved here just week one. I mean, he's a veteran. I, I imagine he'd be able to just jump right in. I don't think he's going to start or anything like that, but I, he could see some serious reps, and the 49ers were hurt, and they had to move – Jimmy Ward to corner, which was a surprising development yeah. in that game. Yeah, I mean, you might not see Hall out there, you know, if the other team's running in no huddle or something. But yeah, I mean, if you get in a huddle and you just tell them like, "All right, you know, you're you're on the left, you're you're you know, you're running a zone, you you're, you're covering the out," you know, I mean, it, it's man to man. I feel like he can do that. I'm he's just he must be a just a football lifer because I'm surprised Leon Hall after all his injuries and and bouncing around now the last few seasons because he's a veteran and he's a very good player. I love watching him play. He's tough too. How I mean, he'll stick his nose in there and tackle people. Um, I've liked him all the way since uh, his days at Michigan, but yeah. I'm surprised he's just still going. You know, go to the 49ers, a team that's owned five. He, this guy wants to play football. It's kind of crazy to be at that point in your career. Be like all the uh, the writings on the wall. Would be like, hey man, just just hang it up. He's like, no, dude, I want to go to this own five team. I want to play ball, which is is kind of awesome. I feel like if you're you know if you're not one of the top ten percent in the NFL that makes this ridiculous amount of money, like you're you're a football player, you know you're going to take any job that's given to you. You're going to keep strapping the cleats on until they pry them off of you. I, I would, unlike Nick, who got smoked once on his high school football team and just called, it, hung him up. That was the end of that. <laughs> I I didn't hang it up. I, I you know I played the rest of the season, okay. but yeah, I would never quit on my team. <laughs> I got. Did I tell you the story about when I got? Kicked off my high school basketball team. Maybe. Remind I, me. My freshman year of high school. What'd um, you do? So I played football, then I played basketball halfway through the season. My grades um, my grades plummeted. And, uh, you were that I was, guy. Yeah, and I was ineligible. So, uh, well, you were the wasted talent. I was, yeah. Actually, my mother passed away, so it was just like one of those things. Oh, it was just now like, I feel like a butt. No, 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 no. Um, but that, and it's, it's kind of a sign of the times, too. Back then, they're like, oh. All right, sorry, dude. Like there was no support structure. If, they, right. like, if that happened this day and age, like everything would have been so different. But oh it was just yeah, like, they would have made some rules up where you could still play. And oh yeah. yeah, I just yeah, it was just like that was it. And so um, I played freshman football, played basketball. Halfway through the season, my grades just plummeted. I was ineligible, and it was like that moment where I'm just sitting on the sidewalk and I'm watching the team bus drive away oh, without me. Oh, so sad. Yeah, out of town, and they go play a game, and they like won it for the Gipper, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and I never nice. played. I never played high school sports again. That, that was, it. was it. Huh? Yeah, got a guitar for my birthday, and it was like, all right, um, I know what I'm doing after school now, and it's not sports anymore. I'm gonna go rock out. And you did. Yeah. And quite the musician. I wouldn't say that. 
why not? <laughs> I can call <laughs> oh, you a rock star or anything. I'll I mean, let you I, say you that. You play a lot of instruments, right? I do. See, my greatest strength is my greatest weakness. I can do a lot of things well. None of them make me any money. <laughs> my life. money, man. You're happy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I, I'm, I'm happy. There we go. Doing a lot of things, including this great podcast, which I appreciate you, Nick, coming on again. I think we're pretty much out of time here. Yeah, it's always my pleasure, buddy. You know what makes me real happy, too? A 49ers victory. Wow, that would be surprising. I, I would love it. You know what? If there's only one, I would save it to next week against the Cowboys yes. at home. But it would be awesome. There's going to gonna be more than one. <laughs> I don't know how many there's going to be. The 49ers are finding <laughs> new ways to lose every week. But um, they, they've been competitive, so it's been fun to watch. And, yeah, yeah. They're, they're definitely – at the end of the season, there's some, there's, they're going to win some games, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, no I don't know if they're going to get to you. You had them at what seven and nine? I don't think they're going to get there. No, six and ten. Six and ten. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, four wins maybe. I think they could get to four. Sure. Yeah. The over under was what four and a half? Uh, I believe it was. Yeah, four and a half. Yeah, all right. they they I, still have a chance. Eleven games left. I had the over on that too, so it's yeah, it's going to be oh, that's going to be close. They're going to definitely have to, to come up with some wins here at the end of the season. But yeah, let's th- start this week in Washington. That would be that would be something. I'm predicting. I'm predicting a blowout loss for the 49ers. I think this is when people might start jumping off the ship and it's like they have to make some changes because it's it's going to be like not close anymore and not fun. Yeah, I think you might be right, man. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that might be the way this goes. But then things could turn around. And it's you know what sucks for Brian Hoyer is he gets huh. the rough part of the season and yeah. then they're like coddling the young guy they're like, "Oh, here you go." Oh, we're playing. Oh, we're home for a whole month and we're playing bad teams. Oh, here you go, CJ Beathard. Now you can go in there and play. And Hoyer's like, oh, you. He's like shaking his fist in the background. Right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. All right. Follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Follow Nick on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. Email the show LockedOn49ers at Gmail. You can go to LockedOn49ers.com. You subscribe to the show on Spotify, on iTunes. Rate and review on iTunes to be involved in the PFF edge subscription giveaway and for nick winkler i'm brian peacock and i'll be back with you guys tomorrow right here on locked on 49ers see you